Hello again, and welcome to Construction Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and today we are going to go over your year-end marketing checklist because the end of the year is a great time to do a little bit of marketing housekeeping to make sure everything's on the right track and you're not spending money where you should not be spending money next year because let's face it, man, we only want to spend money when it's going to help us make money. Am I right? So let's go through the punch list of what we need to do right now to make sure we set us up for success next year. Let's get to business and go over your year-end marketing checklist. If you're a natural-born marketer, you're one lucky son of a gun. If you're like most people, marketing, especially online marketing, is about as appealing as standing in a police lineup. The May Create team of creatives has transformed websites and digital marketing from craptastic to fantastic since 2005. Our podcast, Marketing with Purpose, makes sense of marketing so you can make purposeful decisions instead of carrying on with the same old crap you've been doing. And now your host, Monica Pitts, founder of May Create, with another episode on how to make your marketing not suck. fiscal year comes to a close, everyone starts thinking about all the things they'll need to do to continue growing their business next year. And in my world, a big part of that planning is marketing. And all marketing decisions start with review. You review the numbers and you review with your people. So let's start with reviewing the numbers. The first thing to review is last year's marketing plan. So if it's the end of the 2020 fiscal year, then you should be looking back at your 2020 marketing plan. The first thing you're going to do is review last year's activities and it's time for a reality check. Like, did you do the activities that you set out to do and be honest with yourself because next year you want to have a marketing plan that not only works, but it's also attainable for you. Like if you're a person who didn't get everything you planned accomplished this year, that's totally okay because I am one of those people too, (laughs) because I'm a big picture optimist and in the excitement of planning, I outline all kinds of activities without even considering how much I can realistically get done. So maybe you're not like me at all though, and you got everything done in 2020 and you should pat yourself on the back and get an ice cold beverage of your choice because you, my friend are killing it. But for the rest of the people that are squarely rooted in my camp, I want you to consider scaling back next year because you deserve a realistic marketing plan. The goal is to get it done. Not just think about doing it, not kick yourself in the pants because you're not doing it. You have to do the activities to get the results. So allow yourself to begin where you are now. Start next year's plan with the actual amount of activities that you completed this year. And then ask yourself, how much did my business grow this year? How much money did it make? Do you want to grow again next year? And could you prioritize to accomplish more? If you still want to go big, you can always outsource things. You don't have to do it all on your own. Sometimes, I mean, we all know this, but I'm going to say it anyway, like sometimes you just have to spend money to make money. The question is, where do you spend it? And so if marketing is the thing that you absolutely have to get done, but you couldn't figure out how to get it done this year, don't just look at yourself and say, all right, well, I'm just going to make it a higher priority this year. No, I think that you need to put your money where your mouth is and decide who is going to do the work for you. Because if you're not prioritizing it now, unless you give something that you do right now to somebody else to do during the day, you're not going to do your marketing work. So that means that you're going to have to have somebody else help you get it done. And that is okay. Now, the question is though, where do you want to spend your money, right? 
on what types of marketing. So that's when we start reviewing our numbers. So you're going to review your activities versus your revenue. Now, the more organized and documented your sales process is, the easier this is going to be. So hopefully you have a completely awesome CRM that documents everything for you. And if you have something that can spit out a report, this is the time that you go get the report and you review it. Now, if you're not super techie, then I would hit up your salespeople and your accounting people because you're going to make a spreadsheet right now. So Accounting can usually get you a list of all the new business that you brought in this year and how much they paid. And if you're marketing to current clients, make sure to document all those sales there as well. And you're going to hand that spreadsheet over to your sales staff and they're going to document how they got each client that's on that spreadsheet. This exercise will give you a good picture of which marketing activities are yielding business. Now, from there, you're going to go back over to accounting because you need an expense report. You need to document how much time and money you invested in each of the marketing activities in your plan. And then you're going to ask yourself, was it worth it? Was the money that you invested worth the outcome that you received? Because these things don't always match up dollar for dollar either, do they? Because some activities are about creating relationships. And those types of marketing often yield business way down the road. So you're going to take that into account when determining the value of an activity. It's not just a numbers game. It's a gut game too. So if you invested a bunch of money to go to trade shows and you just got a bunch of friends this year, but you didn't get a bunch of business, but you know that they're the right friends to have, well, then that was probably a decent marketing activity and you want to do it again next year. So last year, we embarked on this activity because I was wondering what parts of our marketing were really, really working. I wanted to know, like, should we cut back on one or do we need to hire people to help us do more? And so let me give you this example. First place we market is online because we're focused on growing our business in other parts of the company. And we do that with our online marketing. And we pour a lot of man hours into building those leads online. The second thing that we invest in is networking because we do face-to-face marketing like trade shows and conferences, and those are expensive. I mean, the booth, the setup, travel, hotel, meals, and the time away from the office, not billing out hours, it adds up really fast. And then we also really, really work on maintaining and building out the relationships with our current clients. We create return business through doing client reviews, and we invest time every month to review and interpret our clients' marketing data, usually without a ton of compensation to outline ways to improve their marketing, encouraging them to come back and do more business with us. So after doing this activity, we found out that a third of our business comes from our current clients, a third of it comes from our website, and a third comes from face-to-face networking activities. So that affirmed that our plan was well-balanced and working because the amount that we invested in each one of those categories was returning as we hoped that it would. Okay, so after you have reviewed your plan and reviewed last year's activities and the activities versus revenue, then you're going to move on and you're going to review with your people. Because mixed in with all this number and plan review stuff, there needs to be a conversation with your people. And when I say people, I mean both sales and marketing, both of them. Because as businesses grow, sales and marketing teams, they can drift apart from one another. And as they diverge, the marketing team can really lose sight of the client. So let your sales, project management, and support staff reacquaint your marketing team with the goals, challenges, and motives of the clients and the prospects that they talk to every single day. 
Now we want to maintain consistency. So the message from your company needs to be consistent between marketing and sales. You want prospects and customers to hear the same message in your marketing that they'll hear from the sales and service people because consistent messaging builds the trust that will build your business. It's my job as a marketer to put our name out there and bring in leads for my salespeople to work. So when my salespeople have a conversation with a prospect, they have heard of us, evaluated our company, and in some cases, they have already made the decision to work with us. Now, many of our prospects just need to have a great conversation with a person who's saying the same thing that the marketing already told them. And if I'm not pushing out the same message that my sales staff is spreading, then we're not effectively communicating with our prospects because it's not consistent. And without that consistency, we're just, we're not going to build the trust that we need to actually close business. Now, the next thing you need to do when you check in with your people is you're going to ask your salespeople, what do they need to sell? We keep a running wish list all year long. Pens, like trade show booth displays, a gigantic TV. <laughs> Those things all went on our wish list this year. Having a list does not mean that you're obligated to buy everything on it. It just means that when you have a profitable month, you know already where you want to invest your money in marketing. So if you haven't started your list, then you're going to ask your salespeople what they need and make sure that you assess things like brochures, like actually have your salespeople read them. Do they say the same thing that they tell people in their conversations to actually close the deal? Do you talk about your services the same way that you did when you made the brochure? Because remember that that consistency builds trust and your message can evolve over time. Also look at your banners and signage. So look at those banners, look at your trade show getup. Is it as good or better than that of your competition? Is it representative of your current brand? Does it make you feel proud to stand in front of it? I mean, does it still stand up? We just had to reprint a bunch of ours because it's not that they looked terrible. It's that they were stretched out. And so they didn't stand anymore. And then, and then we ran into one with a table. And so it bent and it didn't work anymore. And we were propping it up with a book bag anyway. So look at the banners and signage. Then look at your promotional items, like make sure that you have enough things like pens and chip clips and sunglasses and whatever else you're going to give away to your clients this year. So do an assessment on those items and ask yourself, like, are you proud to give them away? And do you feel like they're useful to people? Do those people that you give them to seem genuinely interested in these items? Are there items that you could think of that might be better? Because you can reach out to the people who produce them for you and ask them if there's anything better on the market right now that you need to know about. I feel like people always try to find their own answers for promotional items because it's so easy to go out online and just search for products and see what they cost. But I mean, I don't know all the answers. Like, you know all the in answers in your industry. Why not trust somebody who does this stuff for a living to give you answers for your promotional products. Don't come to me. I don't sell promotional products. Occasionally I give people logos to put on them. Uh, trade show booths, yes, I design those. Brochures, yes. Not pens, nope, I don't do that. But I do have an amazing lady who I go to and she gives me just as good, if not better deals by contacting her and allowing her to guide me through it. So don't sink hours into the internet searching for the perfect giveaway. Just find somebody who can help you find an answer, right?
And then also look at your logo apparel. Like take a good hard look at your team members and ask yourself, like, do they look sharp right now? Or are they kind of dingy? Because they really should look sharp. You want everybody looking their best, both on the job and when they're going to go out to market with people. And if they don't, then budgeting in new uniforms and logo apparel could actually be part of your marketing budget if you looked at it that way. Okay, so then after you do those steps, right, those those two big steps, which are reviewing the numbers and reviewing with your people, then what you really need is a spreadsheet and a calendar. So you did your homework and you're ready to roll and then it would be time to break out that spreadsheet and your calendar. So you need a spreadsheet so that way you can list your marketing activities for the coming year and document the amount of money that it's gonna cost you to do everything. And then you need a calendar so that way you can figure out when you're actually going to get that stuff done. So reserve time on your calendar now to make sure that you can make it a priority to get the job done right. And as you're looking forward and you're considering activities you need to do in your marketing next year, review, right? Review first, review the numbers and review with your people and then document what you invested over the past years and then measure what that outcome was and talk to your people about what they feel like they need to have um, to earn more business and then roll it all into that plan for next year and put it into the spreadsheet and put it on the calendar. And that my friends is your punch list. So do that that little housekeeping for your marketing that, I mean, really we need to do it probably more often than just annually. But if that's all you get around to doing it, I, I got to tell you, I think it's way better than nothing. And make sure that what you're investing in is actually making you money down the road. So thank you so much for your time. Now, as always, go forth and market with purpose. Thanks again for listening to Marketing with Purpose. Head over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. Yeah, you heard me right, M-A-Y-E-Create.com. For podcast notes and more resources to grow your business. Don't let your marketing suck. Get your pride on. Market with Purpose.